Today we hear from Sam Soloway. She is Accessibility Lab Manager at Verizon Media. She's going to be talking about how they embed accessibility best practice across their corporate culture and their standard operating practices. It's dynamite, guys. Well, I'm so, so excited to be here because today I'm going to be talking to you a little bit more about how to embed accessibility into your company culture. Um, But before I get to that, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about myself. So hi again, I'm Sam, and I am probably going to be surprised that my background is not in computer science or design, engineering, or even product marketing. Instead, it's deeply rooted in the user, and more specifically, user experience. So I've always been passionate about inclusion. Ever since the first day of my freshman year of high school, I met Julia on the left and Kenny on the right. And I knew from that moment I wanted to make inclusion a reality because, to me, a lesser standard shouldn't exist. So I went on to college at Vanderbilt University and decided to study special education in their Peabody School. And I went on to get my degree and my teaching license in special education for K through 12 in severe profound. Um, But it wasn't until I took a class on augmentative and alternative communication that my curiosity and accessibility really sparked. It was in the classroom and as a teacher that I saw firsthand the power of assistive technology. It's really hard to reenact the smiles on my students' faces when I gave them a communication device for the first time. I taught them how to use a screen reader on a website or even allowed them to play around with a head mouse. It was in these moments that my students and I quickly learned that assistive technology would be the connector between them and full independence. So I knew from that moment on that if I really did want to make full inclusion a reality, everybody would need access. Hence, my shift to accessibility. So I'm super, super lucky and fortunate to every day be able to recreate these aha moments that my students had in our accessibility lab as an accessibility specialist and manager at Verizon Media. So I'm going to take a pause there and explain what Verizon Media is. So Verizon, you got Verizon as our umbrella organization. You have business, consumer, media. We're the media side. Um, and we're all the brands you know and love. So you have Yahoo, AOL, HuffPost. Um, you have my favorite makers, Built by Girls. Um, and these are just some of the many brands that really um, are all about making sure everyone has access to the things you know and love. And so one of the reasons, and one of the many reasons I love working at my company is accessibility is seen as a priority from the top down. So this is our CEO, Guru, and he posted on LinkedIn a couple of months back around Global Accessibility Awareness Day, and he wrote, accessibility is more than ticking items on a checklist for compliance. It is integral to our design, execution, service, and support. This is fundamental to who we are and how we continually place our users first in all that we do. Not many CEOs do that, right? So as you can see, Verizon Media 
is all about making sure we have access to all things you, your stocks, your mail, your fantasy. Um, and a huge point of that is making sure all of our users have access, including those with disabilities. So one key component of accessibility is our accessibility labs. So we have industry-leading tech labs in Sunnyvale in New York. I'm based out of the New York lab. Um, my colleague Denise is based out of the Sunnyvale lab. And our small team of six, strong and mighty, we like to say, um, use these labs for three main purposes. One, to educate. So we make sure that everybody knows what accessibility is, why it's important, and how to integrate accessibility into everything they do at Verizon Media. The second component of our accessibility labs is particularly for product teams, so those with development or design focus. We have all the different assistive technology that users with disabilities may be coming to our websites and apps with. And we use that assistive technology from ideation to implementation. So we make sure that at every stage in the process, accessibility is considered as a beginning idea and not an afterthought. And the last component of our accessibility labs is we really use them as a showplace. So we make sure that we bring in users with disabilities to provide feedback on all of our apps and websites. We also invite all different companies and advocacy groups to come visit. Um, we joke all the time that our Sunnyvale lab is kind of like our ranch. You got beautiful windows and light and space. And New York is kind of like a New York apartment. It's actually bigger than my apartment, so that says a lot. Um, but really, the space is the same no matter where you are. It's integral to making sure that our company promotes access and inclusion. And so they really help reach our goal as a team, as an accessibility team, to create a culture of accessibility at Verizon Media. And so this is a great segue into our employee engagement strategy. So the labs are one key component to our strategy, but it is our goal from the top down, but also from the bottom up, that we take each employee from awareness to adoption and advocacy. And so today I'm going to elaborate a little bit more into each of those components of our strategy. But because we want to get you more engaged, because it's the first presentation of the morning, I thought that we could do something fun. And you're going to have to play along with me a little bit, if that's all right with you. Sound good? Thumbs up if it sounds good. Great, lots of thumbs up. <laughs> all right, so one key component of our awareness section is our new hire tours. So another unique thing about our company is that every Monday, we have a bunch of new hires start their first day at Verizon Media. Um, and we use these new hire tours to set expectations, not only about our company, but accessibility. So it happens on their first day. They go through all the legal, compliance-related things that have to do with our company. They find out more about our culture. Um, and then they go on a tour. So if you're in Sunnyvale or New York, you get to visit our accessibility labs. If you're in any of our remote offices, we host a remote new hire tour as well, so you can see the labs yourself. And it happens on their first day. So for 20, 15 to 20 minutes on their first day of their new job, they know that accessibility is a priority. That is huge for our company. And so this really helps us set appropriate expectations of what's going to be happening moving forward. So I'm going to take you through our new hire tour. So you are no longer part of your respective organizations. 
You are now a new employee of Verizon Media, so congratulations, everybody. Welcome to your first day. So excited to have you. Um, and so play along with me as I go through it, but this is straight from our new hire tour deck. So what you're seeing is what all of our new hires see on their first day. So welcome to Verizon Media. How's your first day going? Good? Great company to work at, right? <laughs> Good plug, I know. Um, so how many of you, before getting into this room, had heard the word accessibility? If you have, I want you to raise your hand and snap your finger for me. Wow, we got a lot of people knowing accessibility over here. You may come, it may come as a surprise that most of our new hires that come through don't or haven't heard the word accessibility. But after these 15, 20 minutes, everyone knows a little bit more. And so to us and our team, accessibility is making sure that our users with and without disabilities have an equal experience when they come to our websites and apps. And the reason why we do this is over a billion people in the world have some form of disability. So at our company, you're going to keep hearing the word daily active users. DAUs is huge. Um, and so if we want to grow our daily active users as a company, we have to consider about 20% of the population that often isn't discussed. And so disability is very diverse. You may be wondering what types of disability categories we address. Um, and at our team and at our company, instead of putting disability into specific categories and talking about the medical and social model definition of disability, we instead like to say reduce friction. We're reducing friction for all of our users, whether or not you identify as having a disability. And again, these images on the screen are super authentic, vibrant, everyday images of people with and without disabilities. And it's part of one of our industry initiatives called the Disability Collection. Um, we're looking to increase authentic representation of people with disabilities in the media because they're featured in less than 2%. Um, and so if you are curious about wanting some of these images, definitely go to Getty. It's a partnership with Getty, National Disability Leadership Alliance, and Verizon Media. Um, but as you can see, disability is very diverse. We also like to remind folks that accessibility features are A11Y. Um, so there's 11 letters between A and Y. I didn't know that on my first day, but that's something you should know as you come into the accessibility field. Um, but accessibility features really benefit us all. So I have three images on the screen. I'm going to start with the one on the far left, so situational. In this situation, this young woman put on headphones because it was too loud in her workspace. And the temporary situation, you may be at a concert, might be really, really loud. How many of you have put headphones or earplugs in at a really loud concert? A lot of folks. And so in that temporary situation, putting in earplugs, you may rely on closed captions that are being provided at the concert. Or you may be born with a more permanent condition where you use a cochlear implant or rely on a sign language interpreter. Um, but in all of these situations, assistive technology can really benefit us all. We also like to remind you that when you think about disability, you may jump to the more permanent visible condition, but there's actually more folks in the world with invisible disabilities. So that's why at our company, it is so important that the user is at the center of everything we do. We do not make assumptions on what people want or need. Instead, we rely on our community 
and our, more specifically our disability community to tell us. And then we take that feedback and integrate it into our products. And so I keep throwing around this word, assistive technology. So you have technology as the umbrella term. Assistive tech is just one underneath that. It's comprised of low tech and high tech. Um, and on the screen, I have five different graphics. On the far left side, there's an alternative switch. You have magnification, closed captioning, a screen reader, a braille display. And this is all the assistive technology that you can find in our lab. So anything, again, that our websites and apps um, can have access to, we make sure that our users with disabilities can have access to them using whatever assistive tech they come with. And so now I'm going to take you um, along six different accessibility features that we want all of our websites and apps to have. This is by no means everything that we check for when we're thinking about accessibility, but we have narrowed it down to these six because we think everybody can look for these. So one thing is video captions. All of our videos should have captions. Pretty as simple as that. And all of our original owned and operated content does. We also want to make sure that if someone is using a keyboard only, whether that be a switch, a head mouse, or just a typical keyboard, that they can navigate it on our websites and on our apps. So just tabbing through on your website or plugging in a USB to a phone, you can check right then and there if your website and app is conducive to a keyboard. And then this last one on this screen is high contrast. So for our designers in the room, we want to make sure that the foreground to background ratio is at least 4.5 to 1. There's different accessibility contrast checkers out there to look at that. But another thing that we're looking for in design accessibility is are the icons large enough? Are you using universal symbols? Um, can you have an accurate layout in terms of the hierarchy on the page? Thinking about all those things is really, really important when you're talking about design. Other features that enable accessibility is dynamic text resizing. So if you want to zoom in on our websites and apps, you should be able to do that and not have any of the content distorted. This one is super interesting as well. So on the screen, I have a Yahoo Finance stock ticker. Verizon's increasing. Apple is decreasing. Google's also increasing today. Um, who knows when it's the stocks, right? But the thing that we want to point out in this example is that green to us typically means increasing. Red means decreasing. So at one point in time, those plus and minus signs on the screen didn't exist next to the colors. So for folks who are red and green colorblind, they didn't know if their stocks were increasing or decreasing. This is a huge no-no, especially for Yahoo Finance, um, because we want all users to be able to use our apps and websites. Um, so having those indicators of meeting next to those stocks are really, really important. So if you're ever using color alone, think about adding a shape or a symbol next to that so that everybody's on the same page. Another thing we want to point out with colors is not all colors mean the same thing in all countries. So it actually means the opposite in some. Red and green, opposite. Red mean good, green mean bad. So that can also be kind of confusing. So making sure those universal indicators for meaning exist is really important. The last example is screen reader support. So we want to make sure that screen readers, which is what folks who are blind or low vision may use on our websites and apps, um, have the accurate labels and descriptions to read the page. 
So on the screen, I have a Yahoo Sports um, screen, screen grab, and it's on the menu button. So the three lines, and it reads aloud, menu button. And even better would be menu button, list dropdown for items, so it gives the users a little bit more of what to expect. Um, so having that alt text or that role attributed to that icon is super important. But one of our developers way back um, saw the menu button as a hamburger menu, as most developers do. And they thought it would be funny to label it Burger King button. Pretty funny, right? So you get onto our Yahoo Sports site, you hear Burger King button. Do you click it? Maybe if you're hungry for a burger, right? I see some of you smiling. But that's not a great user experience. We want to make sure that the labels and descriptions are accurate for all people so that they know that, one, they're on the Yahoo Sports site, and two, they know what is expected on that page. And so at this point in the new hire tour, as we've done a little brief intro into accessibility, we've told them six main things we want them to consider when they approach accessibility in our apps and websites. Um, we would actually give you all assistive technology to start playing around with. You would learn how to use, or turn on at least, a screen reader. You would become aware of all the accessibility features that are built into your phones and computers that you already have. Um, and so, obviously, we're not in the accessibility lab in Sunnyvale or New York. And so what I have done is I've embedded some of the accessibility features that you can see in our Verizon Media apps and websites. So the example that is about to be played is from Yahoo Mail. Um, so Yahoo Mail has great screen reader support. Um, and what you'll hear is actually voiceover on iOS speaking aloud what's on the screen. So let me play this. Customize button. Double tap and drag the icons down to replace the bottom tab. Attachments. Double tap and drag down and replace the bottom tab. Lifted attachments. Let go to replace travel tab with attachments. Unable to replace inbox tab. Let go to replace travel tab with attachments. Let go to replace contacts tab with attachments. Replace tab. Contacts. Done. Button. Accounts. So in that experience, you heard our screen reader do drag and drop on Yahoo Mail. Um, but as you can see, everything was labeled. You had a great idea, understanding of where you were on the page. Um, and you'll also notice that the voice might have sound a little bit fast to you, but that's actually really, really slow for our screen reader users. So just remember that it's much more sped up. And so that's why it's so important that when users come to our websites and apps with assistive technology that it's a flawless experience because they want to get everything done just as, as efficient as everybody else. The next example I have on the screen is from Yahoo Finance. So Yahoo Finance captions eight hours live captions a day. Um, so you'll see on the main screen Yahoo Finance Live with live captions. Um, with our voice on, video on demand, we also have a video player that allows you to customize the captions that you're screen, seeing on our screen. So you can change the background, the foreground, you can change the text, the size. Um, and one of my favorite features about our captioning player is that you can actually move the captions to the top or the bottom. Um, so if you're watching Yahoo Sports, watching your favorite team, most of the content is typically on the bottom of that screen. So being able to move the captions to the top and then also customize the colors is something that I really love. 
The last example is from HuffPost. So HuffPost, um, this video is going to show you that you can go into your settings and actually increase the text size within the app. So by increasing the text size, you can go back to your main content and see that text enlarged. But it doesn't only provide customization settings within the app, it actually supports iOS text resizing as well. So if I go into my platform features, make the text a lot larger, and then go back into the app, you'll see that the text is much larger um, and customizable for that user. So those are just three quick examples of how accessibility is reflected in our products. And you would just be using assistive technology yourself to see those examples. So congrats. You made it to the end of our new hire tour. Um, and this is where we would leave our new hires with some key takeaways. The biggest ones being we have an accessibility team. We have an accessibility lab. Um, and we are here to support you and your role in whatever you're doing. It doesn't need to be product-facing. We have relationships cross-functional relationships across and partnerships across the company. Um, so if you're in HR and you want to learn more about how to hire people with disabilities or, more importantly, hire people with accessibility knowledge, that's something we can advise you on. We can talk to you about how to make your communications accessible. Um, we can talk to you more about how um, marketing be can become more inclusive or what to think about when you're developing, designing with accessibility in mind. Um, so definitely come back. We'd love to have you. Um, and then we also share our company email address, our intranet page with a bunch of different resources, um, and also our Slack community. So we have an accessibility Slack community of over 1,500 employees at Verizon Media. Um, and that's a really authentic community where people will post different updates in the accessibility world. They'll ask questions. Um, and yes, our team is in there, but we're really not navigating the conversation. It's pretty authentic, which is great. And so, yeah, this is where you would leave and you would come back is the hope and what ultimately happens. And so I want to take you back to our original employee engagement strategy. So we saw the new hire tours as part of the awareness. And there's other events that actually happen in awareness. And then we'll take you through adoption and advocacy. Um, so other examples of what we do in the awareness stage to bring um, the community up to speed on what accessibility is and why it's important. In addition to our new hire tours, we host different events and pop-ups. Um, so for instance, for Global Accessibility Awareness Day, we had a global trivia event. And we also hosted a global bug bash. Um, and those were two examples of how we included the company and kept to spreading awareness about our team and the Global Accessibility Awareness Day in general. We also celebrate UN Day of People with Disabilities on December 3rd or any of the key holidays that are not only in the disability community, but also the accessibility community. And then we typically do different tabling events for any um, events that are going on internally at Verizon Media. The other component that we do is we bring in people to the lab. So we're not only sharing what Verizon Media is doing in accessibility with other companies, we're also listening to different advocacy groups to share with them what accessibility features are new and different in our apps and websites, but also listening to them about what they are looking for in our apps and websites. And so once you are aware, which you are pretty aware of now, of what we do at our company, then we bring all those um, employees to our engagement phase or our adoption phase. 
Um, and this is where we do more of those customized workshops, where we do deep dive sessions into what accessibility looks like in their particular roles. We'll do different product evaluations at each stage again um, to get them aware and thinking about not only how are we designing this with everybody in mind, but developing it with everybody in mind. Um, and that other component is user studies. So obviously we bring in users throughout the ideation to implementation phase. Um, but one particular thing that I love, which is this image, is our user nights. So we pair product teams with our actual users so they can have a conversation about what their experience is firsthand. So it's not just the UX researcher providing those experiences or that summary of results. It's actually the engineer working with the person with disabilities and having that exchange. And then the last one on there, our resources, tools, accessibility labs. Um, we make sure to continue to update and um, spread those out to all of our accessibility adopters. And then our last stage is advocacy. So these are our accessibility champions. They eat, breathe, speak, alley within their teams, within our culture. Um, and so this is an image from our 2019 Accessibility Champion Awards. Um, we partnered with our Verizon Corporation. We paired, we selected winners across the business, consumer, and media side. Um, and on our media side, we have different individual stakeholders as well as teams win this award for their above and beyond work. Um, and so one award that I want to highlight is Elise Manchel on the far right. Um, she's raising her hand in the air. She's so excited because she won. So Elise Manchel is a reporter on HuffPost. And her and Wendy Liu, who's also a producer on HuffPost, um, came to the accessibility team because they wanted to partner with us as they rolled out a training on disability reporting best practices. So we worked with them to deliver this training across our company so that all of our editorial folks were on the same page of what authentic representation looked like in our editorial content. Um, and it was great because they led that conversation, but the resources in terms of making our content accessible um, was all available on our accessibility site internally. So again, addressing all areas of accessibility, not just development and design. And so what we've learned. These accessibility labs, um, you can't just have assistive technology and like a little piece of paper explaining the stations. And you also can't just have a person um, explaining what accessibility is. You really need to pair these two in order to make a really genuine experience um, that's leader-led, interactive. And what we've also learned is when you come into the accessibility lab, you feel safe and comfortable to ask the questions that you're wondering about, um, to learn a little bit more, and ultimately to empower yourself to be a champion of accessibility within your organization. So what I've realized is, although I may not be a traditional teacher in a classroom, the accessibility lab has become my classroom. And every day, I have students from all over, whether that be employees at my company, different advocacy groups, users, come in to learn a little bit more about accessibility, to share, to engage with one another, to start conversations and listen. Um, and what's truly incredible about this experience is the work that we do in that classroom, all of us, has the lasting impact to influence 
tens of thousands of users across the world. And so ultimately, when we choose to include, we can really make the world more accessible. And so with that, I'm going to leave it to tell you we want you to come visit. If you're ever in New York or Sunnyvale, stop by. We'd love to have you and share our accessibility labs in person. Um, I just made a Twitter yesterday. It was a very exciting moment for me. I know you can't use the hashtag, but you can tweet at me, invite me into the community. Um, and I also left my email address up there because, again, this is a two-way street. I want to learn from you, and I also want to share more about what our company is doing. Um, so for just transparency, feel free to email me, ask your questions, um, and also come and visit because I love visitors, and I've loved visiting London as well. So with that, thank you. Um, and I'll take some questions. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> well thanks, Sam. That was brilliant. So I'm going to come up here. So it strikes me that a lot of us might have recognised some of those things in pieces, but what a brilliant way of putting it together. I love that idea of showing people when they first join all those basics. Um, I've got some questions on here, but my first one is, when you're in the room with those people, what's the response that you get? What, what do people say? What do they do? do they... It's really those aha moments, um, similar to the ones that my students with disabilities had in the classroom. They see, you see them light up. They're like, oh my God, I didn't realise that assistive technology is so powerful. And again, one thing I like to remind folks about our accessibility labs, which is a little bit different than empathy labs, um, is that we're demonstrating solutions to assistive technology. So we're teaching folks right then and there how to use assistive technology on our products, not what it's like to have a disability. And that's a huge distinction between a lot of empathy labs I see and our accessibility labs is we're not trying to show you what it's like to have a disability. Instead, we're showing you this is how you can use assistive technology to make sure that we're promoting a user experience that's for all. Cool. Um, is there a role for accessibility champions? What other tips do you have for embedding accessibility within the teams? What happens once they've left that induction? And I know you're doing other stuff about further support for them, but do you continue to engage with them? And, and in yeah, what so that's why having a person stationed with a lab is so important because... I've really become the face of our accessibility labs, at least in New York, and then Denise, obviously, in Sunnyvale, and then our team has a really strong presence um, at the company. But associating a person with a place is really, really important, um, and that's also where the communication continues to happen. It's not the first time or the last time you're going to hear from us. It's consistent. Um, we continue to reach out, follow up, um, and we often see that we don't have to do a lot of reaching out what will come, it'll come to us. The work will come to us. Um, they'll keep us in the loop of things they're working on. They will give us a heads up when they're about to launch something new if it wasn't on our radar. Um, and ultimately, what we do is we embed these champions into each of the groups across our organization, and that's really how we can create a culture of accessibility at our company. Cool, thank you. Of course. Um, uh, there's a question here about recruitment. Do you, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find it, uh, exactly how it's phrased. Um, there's just loads of questions jumped in then when I was listening to that last there's one. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> How inclusive is Verizon Media for disabled people? How do you identify and hire your employees with disabilities? Great question. So, um, again, our accessibility team focuses a little bit more on our product accessibility, so our digital accessibility. So making sure that our websites and apps are accessible to people with disabilities. Um, all of our hiring inclusive practices run through our HR department. So often we are seen as the connector between 
our team and HR, um, but anything with accommodations, anything with hiring, that is on the HR front, so I won't be able to answer that specifically. What I will say, um, because I see every new hire on their first day, they often say, I wish I knew that this company had an accessibility lab while I was applying because it would have been a done deal from the first minute I knew it. And so a lot of folks, especially those who identify as having a disability that are hired, will often stay after the tour um, and find out more about what our team is doing because they really connect with that idea. Great, thank you. Um, do you work with other organizations in the sector to change and influence practices, you know, sharing strategies, working with other business disability networks? Your, what, what is your gang? Yeah, so, so we're an open book, um, especially in the field of accessibility. Something that I love is it's really a community. Um, so we're transparent about what our company is doing, and we bring in other companies, so hopefully they can share as well. Um, but it's a great connection between academia, industry, and, of course, our advocates of, dis- of people with disabilities. So it's a really huge group, um, and we're excited to have everybody join the conversation. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, I've got one, one thing is somebody's just said, is it definitely S. Solway or Sam Solway? Sorry, your Twitter. You haven't got a Sam in your Oh, account. Is it it's Sam, Sam Soloway. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Sam Soloway. Thank you very much ever spotted that. Thanks for spotting that. That will be, uh, yeah. We can go control. back to the beginning. <laughs> Brand Control said. helped us with that one. Uh, the the Bowie references are all still coming up in here. That's nice. Um, <laughs> we'll go through all my slides again and see if it's right at the beginning. <laughs> mm. No? Oh, well. Well, it's, okay. been, it's been great. It's, there, it's there, at there Sam Soloway. Thanks for tweeting Soloway. at me. I appreciate it. Um, and a final bit, obviously, in terms of the content, the stuff that you're, you're the, the work that you do, your video players support AD. How much of the stuff that you're doing do you have real challenges with? You know, where are the barriers that you, technical barriers that you're always working on? Like, like audio description for video, presumably, is a challenge. Yeah. Um, how, how many of those things come up all the time? Are those the big things that you're working on all the time in terms of the team? I think that's why we look to have partners across our organization, because with six of us, we can't solve all the problems. And ultimately, we can share best practices, but it's on the teams to make those changes. Um, so we're working with our teams. We're working with other companies to figure out what are the best practices and making sure we're implementing those across our organization. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Audio description is one thing that we're working on. We have Riot, which is a VR, AR, immersive 360 experience. Um, And so they're a video studios team that is really trying to address and incorporate audio description into what they're doing. And then, obviously, Larry mentioned XR Access yesterday as well, but it's a community of folks who are thinking about how we can make AR and VR accessible. Cool. Great. Thank you very much, Sam. It's a brilliant way to start the day. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 